Let's talk gospel music gold. I'm your host and Sonia Gibbs here to talk with gospel music singers, songwriters, historians, recording artists, choir masters, and directors. In this podcast, my guests will share their journey, their struggle, their strength, and most of all, their inspiration. Some of the guests on the podcast will be well-known throughout the gospel field, and others, you will have heard their instruments, their voices, and their emotions. All right. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. With me today is Reverend Dr. Felicia Campbell, who is a vocal force in the world of gospel music. She has held positions as public service director and announcer for WYCA. She's been a secretary and promotions for I Am Records. Worked with WWHN Radio, WGRB AM Radio, and many others. Felicia adorns stages, pulpits across Chicago as the mistress of ceremonies extraordinaire, rousing audiences from across the state with her voice. She is the founder of Come As You Are Outdoor Musical, which was an opening for a platform for all new artists for over 23 years. It was held every August at the South Shore Cultural Center. Felicia founded and runs For Your Consciousness Ministries and is the senior pastor of Love, Faith, and Hope Church in Chicago, Illinois. Welcome to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. Hey, Felicia. Hey there, what's up? (laughs) I am so glad that we finally got in contact because I've been trying to contact you for a while. Oh, wow, I'm glad, I'm grateful. Because I remember you as, well, I know you from, from way back and always was amazed and astonished at your command of the audience when you would present choirs and then would hear you on the radio and just, you know, you were just a, a personality that was around and just everywhere. And I don't think you just spoke in Chicago. I think you went all over the country, but I'm going to let you tell my audience about you. Tell us your story about your announcing at various concerts and recording. Well, really, um, thank you again for having me. I was a member of uh, Fountain of Life Baptist Church uh, under the late Reverend Marvin J. Yancey. I joined his his church at the age of 15. And so I was singing in the choir and I also directed the choir along with his brother because his brother Kevin Yancey was the minister of music. And so we were getting ready to have our annual musical and he says, come go with me. I'm going down to WXFM with Reverend Milton Brunson and I want you to go. I'm like, okay, fine. Now, mind you, uh, I was getting ready to attend college uh, at 18, at uh, well, 17, going to Fisk University majoring in medicine. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, fine. So I went down there with him and Reverend Brunson said, who's that girl? <laughs> and so he said, that's Felicia Campbell. Ooh, okay, good. So they were talking and he interviewed Reverend Yancey, we call him preacher. And Reverend Brunson said, read that announcement, girl. So I read the announcement. 
He said, okay. He said, now read these. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I read about five or six announcements. So he said, thank you. So when they got ready to uh, conclude the uh, interview, and Reverend began to play music, he said, can you come back next Saturday? I'm like, yes, sir. I'm here from 12 to 5. Now, you going to do that? I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> so I was with Reverend Brunson from 15 to the time I got ready to go to college. And every time I came home from school, I was there at the station with him. And the rest is history. Uh, next thing I knew, I had gotten hired <laughs> to be a board engineer. I knew nothing about the board. <laughs> but Reverend had taught me. And I, I became the board engineer. I was there for about three, four years. And then I had another job offered uh, in Augusta, Georgia, working at WKZK, uh, who the owner used to work for uh, the late James Brown. Mm. So I was there working as sales director. And I was also an on-air personality. So I enjoyed it. Um, I went all over the city doing MCs and BCMS choir. Um, uh, Johnson Ensemble. I met Bobby Jones. He was a teacher at uh, Tennessee State University. Okay. Uh, and it was just amazing. And we got to be the best of friends. Of course, I also did radio in, in Nashville, WRFN, the church, the school's radio station, Fifth Radio Station. And I begged them to do gospel. Mm -hmm. And they said, oh, we don't know nobody. Nobody want to know gospel. I said, yeah, they do. <laughs> so I did gospel on Sundays from 12 to 5. And then I was able to do gospel from what three to six, three to seven every day. Wow. And I was the one, I'm the founder of the gospel part of WRFN. It's called Radio Free Nashville. And at that time I got to meet the late Reverend Alex Bradford and Reverend Isaac Douglas, and of course Bobby Jones, okay. BMS Choir, James Johnson. Um Myrna Summers, everybody came through there. And then Savoy used to come all the time, Milton Bigham, and he said, hey girl, what you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just here. He said, okay, all right, good. So he would always come and always hang out with me at the station. That's how I met him. And then I joined the Gospel Music Workshop of America. And the workshop board meeting came to Fisk. And so the AKAs were looking for a and a, a gospel event, and they said, can you help us, Felicia? I'm like, yes, uh, Reverend James Cleveland is coming to town. Mm -hmm. And uh, let me see if I can have, you know, the nightly musical there. And so I talked to him. I talked to Donald Watkins, who was the the, uh, the chapter rep. And I talked to Reverend Isaac Douglas, because he was also living there at the same time, and Bobby Jones. And they said, yes. So Reverend Cleveland said we were going to bid the 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 great Fisk University, compliments of my daughter. I'm like, oh God. <laughs> and so he had me, I was also one of the directors of the Black Mass Choir, Gospel Choir. And he saw me and I was a, I was a senior that year. And he says, when you graduate, baby, would you come and direct Southern Cal for me in California? Would you promise me that? I said, well, I don't know, Reverend. I don't know where I'm gonna land, you know, but uh, I'll keep that in mind. But I did attend the workshop. I was a member for over 20 years and Al Hobbs, they took me under their wings. And oh, I mean, Aunt Pauline, all of them just took me under their wings and really shared some time with me. And from then on, I went to Georgia, stayed there and then worked under uh, James Brown, WRDW. Uh -huh. 
the soul man. <laughs> and uh, when I told him I was from Chicago, he said, oh, you from Shy, huh? You from Shy. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh God. I said, well, Mr. Brown, why do you uh, wear makeup? He says, because see, I have to keep up my physique, you know, my physique. Oh. I'm like, yes, sir. Okay. So I was um, assistant sales manager. And so we had a Christmas party. And I said, oh, I know we're going to have steak, right? Mr. Brown, you know, we had wing dings and some potato salad and some finger sandwiches and some pop. And I'm like, okay, I'll enjoy this. But I worked with him for a year or two years. And then I went back to KZK as program director. So then I came home. Um, I went back to WXFM and worked and then left there. And when I just happened to go to WBEE, it was out in, 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 in Indiana. Okay. And I'm like, oh, well, I just went out there to just see what was going on. Got hired out there through the late Clifford Turner. Mm. They changed the station and I was program director and sales manager. I'm like, how did I get all these positions, dude? <laughs> so I did that. And then from there, um, a friend of mine, um, Karen Fletcher. <laughs> now I was teaching also Kennedy King. I was teaching radio and television. Okay. And I saw Effie Roth and Karen Fletcher and they peeped in my class and they sat down, you know, a couple of times and say, Ooh, <clears throat> excuse me, you really teach this radio? I'm like, yeah, you know. So Karen said, come to my station, WHN. We're looking for another announcer. I said, all right. So I went to the station and I didn't know the owner was the one that answered the door. <laughs> and I said, yes, sir. I'm here because Karen Fletcher sent me, he sent me this way to interview for a position. And he says, well, come right in. I'll get the ball. So I got tickled. I found out later on that he likes to play jokes, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I sat there. I'm like, oh, Lord, what is going on, right? And he came in and his wife came in and says, yeah, so what do you do? And I told him, and so he says, I'm Ray, 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 and I'm the owner. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I, do I look right? He started laughing. Yeah, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> so they, I had an on-air position. And Karen went on to, 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 to be with 1390. And so he says, uh, will you be program director? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I was program director there for a while. And then for about five years. And then um, I got a job at uh, 1390. Okay. Effie and I, we were eating dinner at two different places. We were in the same place, but I was on one table. She was another table. And I said, you know, uh, I, I kind of want to work there. She said, okay. So I got a call the next day, come to the interview. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all righty. So I got the interview and I was a, I was a board operator. I, I did very little announcing, only when I sat in for Lavanya when I had to. Okay. But other than that, that was the story. And from there, June Moon swooped me up and says, you, you know a lot about radio, so come on, go with me. And I worked for IM Records, and that's where I learned how to write proposals, how to do artists. Okay. Um, I mean, they, him and Frida, they were excellent to me. And, you know, we were just, just super friends. And I left there going to another radio station. I don't remember which one it was, but um, that's my life. And then I also managed um, my, my big brother. I call him my big brother, but I think I'm a little younger than him. Um, What's his name? So much to be grateful for, Calvin Bridges. Mm -hmm. I managed him. Then, of course, I also managed my, my sister, Lucretia Campbell. And then I got hooked up with Plumline Records, yeah, mm -hmm. which was owned by the great Doc, right? And he flew me to New York to interview me. 
and uh, I was with some uh, people from Savoy that also were working there. And I didn't know anything. Uh, David P.A. and I worked together. I didn't, you know, he's, he's gone, but we worked together. And I knew uh, uh, the young lady that was in charge of it, Vicki Mack. And we worked together and we did, that's how Lucretia got her recording contract. Okay. And that's how Daryl Coley got his recording contract. Okay. He drove me around in California and they played the song, He'll Never Let You Down, that he did with the workshop choir. And I said, ooh, that boy, no, he can sing. If I saw him, I would hit him. And he started laughing. <laughs> and he said, really? I said, yeah, I just hit him. He said, well, that, I'm that boy. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, and so you. we just laughed and laughed. And Gentry McQuarrie took, us, took me under their wings. I mean, I just, people just took me under their wings. And I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, I'm like, well, Jesus. And then I came back and joined the Tommies after mm -hmm. Marvin had passed. And I was with the Tommies. And Red Brown said, you are, you're going to direct the choir for me. All right. I'm like, uh. And the reason I didn't direct, because I enjoyed Tyrone Block's directing. So I just sat there and it was an alto. Now, see, though, I was going to get to that. I was going to get to that. You, you answering questions, because I do recall you singing with the Tommies for a while. Yes, I did. I did. Mm -hmm. For about five, 10 years. Okay. And when I got my call to the ministry, I told Reverend, I said, Reverend, although I didn't want to be called to the ministry because I fought that because uh, my dad was a deacon at Mount Calvary. And oh my God, we had to go to church every Sunday and <laughs> set up the chairs because he was superintendent of Sunday school. And I said, he, and I always thought he was going to preach because he was always, you know, mm -hmm. and I said, God, do me this favor. Don't let dad preach until I graduate from high school and then I'll go to college and then I won't have to be bothered. <laughs> well, he didn't let him preach, but he called me. And so when I heard the word, I said, uh, Jesus, let's talk. <laughs> I said, daddy can preach now, not me. Okay. <laughs> he says, no, you. So I, I fought it. And then my mother came down with cancer and I said, okay. I said, okay, God, you don't play fair. I'll preach. I'll evangelize. But I'm not going to be no pastor because I didn't want to do that. <laughs> so I started having Bible study in my home. Nothing major. So they said to me, we want to have our own place. I'm like, okay. Uh, all right. I didn't think anything of it. So I found a little spot we had, we, you know, and I emceed at um, one of the churches on 76th Street. It's a uh, 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 a church that I go to a lot. Abe Cook was a member over there and his wife knew me. And so um, I saw this building on the paper and I called and the lady, she came and showed me the building and she says, um, you emceeded our program and you tore the church up. I'm like, I did? And she says, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. She says, so uh, we're going to, here's the keys. And now, she didn't give me no price. Now I'm like, oh, keys? Here's the keys, and um, I'll give you a price tomorrow. I'm like, okay. She gave me a price, $35,000. Now, my undergrad degree is in speech and theater, right? Mm -hmm. When I walked into this door, this was an old theater. Oh. I'm like, God, wait a minute. Now, do you want me to be an actress or a preacher? Okay. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> and so I was like, huh? And I was just, I was floored. I called my professor at Fisk. I said, I've been called to the ministry and guess what my church is going to be at hell that. She says, where? I'm like, in the little theater. She says, what? 
<laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm proud. I'm like, huh? <laughs> and so she gave me the keys in March. We gave her a $10,000 down payment because we had saved money. Mm -hmm. I didn't go in until August because I was afraid. <laughs> really? I didn't go in the office, the, the church until August. And I went in there and I said, God, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to do this. And I walked in there and as I walked in there by myself, he said, you do this there, that this, and do this and this. And I said, okay. And I did it. And it was called For Your Consciousness. I said, I need a name for the church. And so he said, For Your Consciousness Ministries. I'm like, they're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm, I followed you thus far, so I'm going to still do that. Mm -hmm. Named it For Your Consciousness Ministries. And it was an outreach. After school, summer camp, food pantry, which we still do. Now we're going to the talking. pandemic. We we had problems with the after school and summer camp, but we still do the food pantry. Mm -hmm. And so then I hooked up with. Uh, I was originally a Methodist. My mom, well, I was AME in the morning on Sunday, and at six p.m. I was Baptist, the BTU in Mount Calvary. And so I knew about the Methodist Church, and so this was United Methodist Church, and I pastored the church there um, for about a year or two. And then I went back to do my own thing because I, we just didn't see eye to eye and that's okay because we still love each other. And so I left that alone and then I, I saw another friend of mine and she says, well, come on and join the real Methodist church. I'm like, well, what is that? It's the CMEs, the, the Christian Methodist Episcopal church. I'm like, huh? Okay, so I did that. And then I said, well, I don't know if this is me. I still had my service on Saturday so I could be free on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Then I was at an ordination for one of my sisters and I was just putting on my robe and uh, the, the guy that was there, he says, uh, well, I heard of you. How come you're not Lutheran? I'm like, um, I went to a Lutheran grammar school and that's it. He says, yeah, but you need to go back to Lutheran Come back to Luther Church. I'm like, God, I've been to five denominations. They think I'm crazy. And my mama said, are you Neapolitan? What are you? I'm like, um, I'm working on it. And so I didn't know what to do. Um, and so I said, okay, I'll chat with you and talk with you. So they gave me a church and I pastored their church. Still had my church on Saturday because Reverend Evans is my pastor at that time. I had joint fellowship. Okay. And uh, I said, he said, don't you ever lose your building? I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Julia Maddox was the, the person that connected me with the Lutheran church because it was her ordination that I was attending. She asked me to come and sign the paper. I'm like, sure, you know. Okay. And the rest is history. And so I've been with the Lutheran church for several years, since 95. And I'm, I'm a coach. I'm a mission developer. And um, I'm like, God. So I started my own radio station and my eyes began to get kind of weak. I went to the eye doctor because I thought I just needed new glasses and the doctor told me to go to a retina specialist and they said, well, you have what we call cone rod dystrophy. Mm. I said, what does that mean? They said every, every, uh, out of every five children, one children, one child gets it. I said, well, mom only had three. So that's not going to work. He said, well, where are you amongst the three? I said, I'm in the middle. He says, oh, okay. And so he said the cone rods were pressing on the retinas and the retinas were going to give you some trouble. So 
I was just floored and I didn't want to believe it. And then I noticed that my eyes began to get worse. I had just brought a brand new Lexus mm. and couldn't drive it, had to sell it. And so then I was talked into going to um, rehabilitation. I'm like, for what? And so I went for rehabilitation for 10 months and I learned how to operate because I can see you, but I can't see you clear and I'm blurry. I can see your shape. Okay. And so I went to rehab for 10 months. They taught me how to make a bed. I already knew how to make a bed, but there were some things that they, it, you know, because of your eyes, they taught you little bitty things. Mm -hmm. And so then after that, um, they said, well, here's a cane. I said, uh, uh, what kind of cane? And they said, this is a red and white cane. I'm like, wait a minute. How come I can't just get a nice Afro-American cane and be cute, you know? <laughs> what you say, be cute? Be cute, right? They said, no, because the, the red cane, that's the people know that you are visually impaired. I'm like, but I'm not trying to do that. So I had to learn how to do the cane. I fought it. God knows I fought it, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, so then I said, I need to learn how to do the computer because I can no longer see the cursor as clear as I'd like to. So they said, we're gonna, you're gonna take Jaws. All right, I took Jaws. Took Jaws three times, finally got it, thank God. Okay. Then they said, well, you need to learn Braille. I'm like, Braille? I'm not reading no Braille. <laughs> they said, in order to pass this program, you have to learn how to read Braille. I took Braille three times. And finally I said to the teacher, I said, look, can I just learn the alphabet and I can go from there? She says, I'll let you do that. And I learned the alphabet. And since then, I've been basically doing my own thing. I haven't restarted my station again because it's very difficult to see, um, see clearly like I would like to, but I'm trying to find someone else to team up with me and work with me on that. You know, but in the meantime, you know, I'm still doing little, little things. I'm, I'm on the radio at the 1570 every Saturday night at midnight, I basically preach. Um, okay. Everybody asked me, why do you, why don't you want to play music? I said, well, right now, let me just preach. And so the, the, the manager there, she says, well, whenever you're ready to get on the air, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know. I'm like, oh, you'll let me know. Okay. She <laughs> said, yeah, whenever you, I said, okay. And I was just a little leery because I would need an engineer to kind of navigate for me or, you know, so I could see what the songs are. I could read the log and all that. So it's been challenging. And of course, my children are very, very disturbed about that. But um, I'm still here. I'm not giving up. And hopefully I can be an on-air announcer without being uh, a technical director anymore. So I don't have to do the, do the board. I just let somebody else do it and I just talk. So that's my goal. And in the meantime, you know, I'm just here being a grandmother, you know. Now, if in talking about needing assistance, if someone wants to reach out to you to be an intern, to be able to help you get your radio station back on, how would they get in contact with you? Well, they can uh, get me through my email uh, for, for your consciousness at yahoo.com or they can call me. I can give my phone number out. My daughter said, Mama, the world calls you. Um, I said, but they can have my phone number. I'm just kidding. And 773-430-8091. Uh, and I'd be glad to show them how to do it and what to do. And if I can get some one student from Columbia College or Kennedy King, that I can see that they get um, some credits for them. That would be even better okay. for them to do. 
Well, I can put that out there as well. And in addition to when I air the show, I'll also put an announcement out there as well that you're looking for an intern, preferably a college student from one of those two colleges. But I'm gonna go back to Kennedy King College for a moment. Okay. Now, I recall you being an instructor at the ECC Music Workshop. Yes. Now, tell us about the course that you taught at the ECC Music Workshop. I taught radio. Okay. And James Chambers, you know, he had a meeting when he began the, the ECC Workshop. I didn't know I was on the board. You know, James, we just fussed all the time, but we were brothers and sisters. And I got on the board and uh, I, I presented my case, how I would teach the class. And the rest was history. And from there, I met the guy that was over radio and television at Kennedy King, who since then passed and said, would you come work with us? He said, I like your, I like your approach. I'm like, sure. I didn't know what I was doing, but I always wanted to teach on the college level anyway. <laughs> and so I did just that. And that's where I met Effie and uh, Karen, you know, um, they saw me in the class and they was peeping in and I was in a, a big hall, you know, and I'm like, all these children, all these students, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, what am I going to say, Lord? But I had a ball with them. I had a ball. Yeah. And I taught there for about two years and then I, I, I moved out of state again, taking an opportunity, another opportunity in radio and television, but I love it and I, I would love to go back into the classroom and teach. And, uh, but I think before I teach, I would like to learn some new things because radio has changed so drastically. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just not like it used to be, but it's still there. And whereas we couldn't say any curse words because we had to take a test called element nine. <laughs> and if you curse, you would lose your license. Okay. So I was also an, an announcer and I was also an engineer. So, but now it's a whole different story. Uh, I hear him cursing, except for on the gospel station. And I'm like, ooh, I would have lost my license. Ooh, my boss would have ran in and fired me right away. Oh yeah, that I've, I've been watching some shows that use that, use those words, although they think they're not, but I think they're just trying to push it to see how far they can go without getting reprimanded. Well, they're, they're going further than I've ever expected. And I talked to some of my old friends like Effie and I and Karen and Tony, uh, um, Ray's wife. You know, we like, do you see here? Did you hear how they was cussing? And like, yeah, you know, ooh, all of us knew. And I went to Omega School of Communications to get my, my license and cussing was, they was like, that's the way you get out of radio. You will never get a job already again if you start cursing. And I'm like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so we were, you know, when I hear people curse now, I'm like, do you have to say it that way? <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's a new day and, I, and I'm not knocking them. It's just something I wouldn't do. But um, I'm, I'm looking at the new school radio and it's interesting. It's very interesting. They don't tell the time, they don't tell the weather, maybe once an hour if that much, and the news is limited. And I'm like, so how are you doing this? Because I was told radio was to entertain, inform, and educate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't really see that right now. It's more entertaining. And even with the music is different. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, I, and I'm not gonna be like Reverend Brunson because I remember he didn't wanna play any 
um, R&B artist that sang gospel music. Oh, okay. And for years we fought because I said, Reverend, play Aretha Franklin. Precious, precious Lord is hot. Precious memories is hot. That, he said, no, I ain't gonna let nobody that do secular do gospel. I ain't gonna pay them. I'm like, you don't have to, just play them. <laughs> so he wouldn't do it, right? So one year, Reverend Jesse Jackson asked him to be over the push choir. And guess who was the main soloist? Aretha Franklin. Uh-huh. <laughs> he asked all the time, is all of us to come, and we did. And then when we got back to the station, he and I, I heard precious memories. I'm like, you okay? He said, yeah. I said, but she's a secular artist. Oh, but that girl can sing. <laughs> oh, duh. Okay. So um, that, that, that he, he got over that. And then I also did jazz at, at, at WRFN in Nashville. I, did, I started a jazz show every Saturday night, oh. midnight to six in the morning. Okay. So he was like, yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this. Then he started playing Patty LaBelle. I'm like, you all right? <laughs> you know. But he talked about that directing the choir, Aretha Franklin. Oh my God, forever. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned a lot from him. I learned a lot. Yeah. Now I want to talk about your "Come as You Are" musical that you founded with. I'm gonna see if I can pronounce this name correctly. Ayo. Ayo. Yes. Ayo. Casey. So. You all were sitting around and thinking about doing an outdoor musical because we like those in Chicago. You know, we like yeah. Yeah. And you did a Come As You Are. What was the idea behind that, the Come As You Are musical? Well, everybody that was downtown at the Gospel Fest, they had to be big name artists. And so the local artists, and you know Chicago has a plethora of artists. Mm -hmm but they were ignoring our Chicago talent. So I and I met, I met her at the old 4,000 Tongues Festival, excuse me, that was downtown in, in Grant Park, of which my cousin, L. Stanley Davis founded. And so I, I met her there and we began to be, be friends. And, and so I just heard so many people in the gospel industry, especially in Chicago, there were artists that could never get on the gospel fest stage. Mm. So I said, no, that's not fair. Plus my sister was a brand new artist. So I wanted to expose her talent and Daryl Coley. Uh -huh. So her and I, Io and I, we were driving around one day and we said, oh, we would always go to the park and sit and pray. And I said, we're in South Shore Coast and this is so nice. I said, let's do, a, let's do a music program. She said, okay, what you want to call it? I said, let's make it come as you are. That way they can come as they are. And I want them to wear their t-shirts so we'll know who they are and what group they are in. Mm -hmm. And then we want to get little vendors, that vendors that couldn't pay to be a vendor at the Gospel Fest. Okay. Because we charge what, $50, $60. And I, I didn't do it by myself. After I got in touch with IO, I must talk about Walter Howard, dedicated to Christ. Mm -hmm. um, Paulette Bush, Chicago State University Choir, Andre Patterson, the Shock Choir, Marcus Jones. Um, he's he was um, he's I don't know where he is not now, but he's but he was there with us, and um, we just began to to put our heads together. And Zelda Della Curtis called Zay. We put our heads together and 
we said, let's do this. And people looked at me like I was crazy. And of course, the opposition I, I got from the uh, big gospel fest downtown was like, oh, that ain't nothing. Well, see, they had just left South Shore Cultural Center. Mm. And I'm like, well, let me try it. Let me try it. And the first year, you know, people looked at us. We told us, wear your T-shirts and come as you are. You know, wear your blue jeans. You don't have to wear no dress. This ain't a gospel event, you know. <laughs> and it grew. And at the time I was working in the industry, you know, the music industry uh, with, with the record companies, I was in, in touch with Savoy, I Am Records, uh, Vicky Mac, my, my sister, we were together. Um, my friend in Detroit who's gone now with, with all the record companies there. And, 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 and we worked together and I began to get artists from everywhere. Okay. And so how I got my first national artist, um, Vicki Mack says to me, do you know a Yolanda Adams? Well, I knew Brenda Carl and Cheryl from BCNS and I knew of the, you know, the Dallas, well, the Fort Worth Mass Choir, the, the choir, Texas Choir. Okay. I said, yeah. So Vicki Mack says, um, have the Yolanda Adams be your first artist. And we had the first show at, at Greater Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. I said, okay, Yolanda Adams, yeah. She sang Through the Storm. Yeah, yeah, let's have her. Now she'll choke me, but I paid her $600 to come. <laughs> I put her in the Roberts Hotel. Okay, we didn't have no money. Over on the south side? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and so I picked her up. And so my, 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 my board members, they were like, well, yeah, she's good. Well, everybody heard the song. When I put her on that stage, well, I put her in front of that church, she tore the place up. And the people at the gospel fest were angry. They said, how did you get her? Well, Vicki Mack is my friend. And Vicki Mack has been in the industry way longer than me, but we worked together on several projects. And I said, well, Vicki gave it to me, you know. Mm -hmm. Then here comes Daryl Coley. Oh my God, you got him? Yeah. And we became brothers and sisters. I mean, we were, I couldn't get away from him. And actually we met each other at the workshop. We were both in the balcony and we were shouting and we bumped into each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause I know James, James had Daryl and Yolanda come for concerts. Sure did, sure did, then, sure did. Because uh, I gave him the phone numbers. And, and then every so, year, Daryl and Lucretia would have a birthday musical. James would host a birthday musical for them. Yeah, I, I, I get that birthday musical for them, James and I. And um, then the rest was history. I got Kurt Carr to come through. I got uh, Wilmington Chester Mass, Ernie Davis. Um, the Tommy sang, Cosmo sang, Fellowship sang. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was it was a big event. Uh, the guy, he's a keeper, Rodney Bryant, his choir came through. Another Indianapolis group came through. I mean, all the artists, Ricky Dillard, all the artists, Vashon Mitchell, all the artists that participated in the coming year, and I'm thankful to God today, they are all gospel superstars. I mean, every last one of them, no matter where I am. And if I see Yolanda and she sees me, Felicia, I'm like, hey girl, you're a star now. Get, put my, give me your signature on my wrist. And she started laughing. But but I, I'm very proud of them. I, I, you know, Ricky Dillard, you know, he was the first one to have me say something on the recording, introduce him. 
And then Al Hobbs called me to do the women of worship for the workshop. He said, uh, I want you to come and narrate something. I'm like, okay. So I narrated whatever the women of worship and it, it came to pass, but the come as you are, it was ground rooted. It was, it was for those that could not get on the, the, the stage. The stage. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was unfair, you mm -hmm. know? And James Chambers and I, he said, now, you, you know, that makes sense. How come I didn't think of that? I'm like, well, you're going to be a part of it. So it don't matter. It don't matter, you know. But I, I just, <laughs> you know how James was. I just, I just felt it was wrong because my sister had just began to sing. And I said, well, can she be on the program? No, we need national recording artists. I'm like, okay. Oh, well, then those national recording artists tried to start sorting me out. Mm. Then Vicki Mack said to me one day, Felicia, I got this guy. He's brand new. You heard him before? I'm like, no, who is he? Kirk Franklin. I'm like, Kirk Franklin, who is that? <laughs> she said, have you heard Why We Sing? I'm like, yeah, I kind of, you know, I kind of crossed my path. That's my artist. He's hot. I'll send him to you for free. Wow. She did it to me with all her artists. I'm like, okay. So I'm looking for Kirk, right? Here they come driving off from... Houston, Texas, in a Winnebago. Oh my goodness. Okay. So that that's Tamala and her husband, Kirk, and all the other new members of the members were there. I remember Tamala and, and, and uh, they, her husband and Kirk because they were the ones that talked the most. Okay. But they came in Winnebago and when they drove up to the South Shore Culture Center, I'm like, can I help you? They say, Reverend Campbell, Miss Campbell, somebody wants to see you. I'm like, who? And I said, who are you? Oh, I'm, I'm Kirk Franklin. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I got him a gig. I said, okay. I, I, I got in touch with Barry Trotter, Bishop Trotter. I said, can I bring Kirk Franklin by your church? He said, sure. Then I think I also took him to Salem, I think. And he went to Salem. But they came to the Winnebago, in the Winnebago and they tore the park up. Mm. And Kirk came to my house because we had stopped by my house. I said, you want something? He said, I just need to go get some water. So I'm like, sure. I said, if you rest, y'all want to come? He said, we're fine. And we became family. Okay. And next thing I knew, he was on top of the charts. And I was like, that's a come as you are artist. Mm. Mm. And I was just elated. And, and then... Of course, they all just started coming. And I was like, oh my God. And I, when I see them, I just get excited. When I saw Yolanda singing at the inauguration, I'm like, that's my girl. That's 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 a come as you are. Mom girls, they call me. You see, did you see our first artist? I'm like, I sure did. I sure did. All right. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to take the artists that nobody paid attention to. Mm -hmm. And, and let them see that they have talent as well. Yeah. yeah. And Ricky Dillard, oh boy, he ain't gonna never let me down. You know, <laughs> you all right? Where you going? You gonna come tomorrow? Yeah, I'm coming. I'll be there, you know. So it's, it's, it's not just friendships because we did something together, but friendships because we actually helped each other and we loved each other. Mm -hmm. And we was concerned about each other's career. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I started this show. And I, I say this probably on every show. I started this show as a podcast and I wanted to talk to people who are behind the scenes. 
because you see the people who are on the stage, you don't really get a chance to see the people who are behind the stage and do certain things that people never even really thought about. That's why I call my show Gospel Music Gold because there is so much gold in gospel music and the people that are involved in you know, intricate parts of gospel music. And that's why I contacted you because I was like, you know, I've, I've only known you as the, um, as the mistress of ceremony extraordinaire and uh, instructor at the ECC Music Workshop. Now I had heard you were involved in the Come As You Are, but I didn't know that you were one of the founders of Come As You Are. <laughs> Because I, yeah. I was there, I was bad. I'm the founder, yeah, along with the group, yeah. You know, yeah. We have uh, run across each other in a number of other occasions. And I said, I really wanted to talk to you and get your story so that I can put it out there and uh, let people hear you. And hopefully, I am hoping that this reaches someone who is interested in uh, broadcasting and music that will come to you and can help you. I'm, I can't say, I would say that I could help, but right. I don't know how to work, um, you know, radio station, et cetera. I would like to learn, mm -hmm. but I think someone who is young, who is in that can help out more rather than me fumbling around trying to get things going. But what I can do is get the word out. So I'll put you can come and learn too. <laughs> Okay, because my daughters, neither one of them want to do radio. Oh, okay. Because uh, one, one is a principal and one is a special ed teacher. I'm like, well, do y'all want to read an announcement or something? No, mama, that's your job. That's your oh, job. That's oh, your okay. Job. <laughs> but they, they know how to do it, though. But they, no, no, no. We've been, it, you know, and they, they've, been in, they've been in the spotlight all their lives. So they say, I'm like, you ain't been in no spotlight. We've just been together. <laughs> you just been together yeah, not okay. too bad girl nice. and so just remind my audience what you're doing right now well what we're getting ready to do i am a lutheran pastor but don't get it twisted i'm a member of fellowship baptist church where reverend clavis is the founder and my pastor now is reverend reginald sharp jr dr reginald sharp but i've been a lutheran pastor for since 95 and Right now, I'm uh, working with this church called St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, and I'm also working as pastor of my church, Love, Faith, and Hope Church. Now, I'm supply pastor at St. Timothy, and I, one night, I was sitting here, back here in, in December, and I kept hearing the Spirit of the Lord say to me, do something different for Holy Week. Mm. And so I said, okay. So he said, make it a women's week. I'm like, huh? So he said, for the seven last words, use seven women. Okay. I'm like, wow, okay. And say so he said, for that whole week prior to the Good Friday, have a woman preach every day. Now we're going to do it virtually. He said, but have a woman preach every day. And then that Friday, they do the seven last words. And then after the Friday, after the, the seven last words is over, have a 24-hour prayer, continuous prayer. Mm -hmm. So I, I mentioned that to one of my friends, and he laughed at me. He said, here you go. I'm like, no, it's just, it's just it won't leave me alone. 
you know, and I had talked to, young, to a young man who would help me do the editing and everything, and I, I'm still going to work with him. And so when I began to work with this church, St. Timothy's, I just put it in their head and they said to me, go for it. What do you want to do? Mm. So we're going to be on social media at St. Timothy. You know, we were on Periscope, uh, Facebook, all that other stuff. And they're on the same program, same, you know, social media. And we're going to also post it and put it on our websites. Okay. And they were excited about it. So I'm in the process now of doing that. And that will air um, the, during Holy Week. Okay. During Holy Week. And I'm not going to say who some of the preachers will be because I'm waiting on confirmations, but they're not going to all be Lutheran. So get your tamarind, okay? Because <laughs> we're going to have some church too as well. But we're excited about it. St. Timothy's is very excited. And so is Love, Faith, and Hope. Okay. All right. All right then. Well, I want to thank my guest, Reverend Dr. Felicia Campbell, for thank participating you. in this segment on Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. These shows are to explore, record, and raise excitement about gospel music and its gold. I hope you, the audience, enjoyed this episode as much as I have. Please send me an email sharing your thoughts about this show segment. Also, if you have any suggestions of future guests you would like to hear on the show, send me an email to letstalktogmg at gmail.com. That's letstalktogmg at gmail.com. I am your host, Ansonia, saying, let's sing, let's shout, and tell of the great news through Gospel Music Gold. Until the next episode, take care and God bless. God bless your consciousness. Thank you. Now. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk Gospel Music Gold. I'm your host, and Sonia Smith-Gibbs. This episode has been brought to you by Born to Speak to You Corporate Training Materials. This is an online training course that brings training programs online with e-learning library of courses. There are eight different categories, which include administrative skills, career development, human resources, personal development, sales and marketing, supervisors and managers, workplace essentials, and Microsoft Office Specialist. Now with that Microsoft Office Specialist, you can study and get certified as MOS, a Microsoft Office Specialist. Go to borntospeaktoyou.com. That's born, the number two, speak, the number two, you, Com. These are wonderful corporate training materials for those who are transitioning into a new field, for those who want to enhance the skills that they have, and just for someone who wants to do continued learning and education. Check out borntospeaktoyou.com for their corporate training materials.